0: It's Semana de Luta, or in English you would say it's Fight Week. And yes, I'm learning Portuguese with one of my good friends, Jalen. I'm going to have him on the podcast soon because I really want to review this fight card with him. But it is the eve of the weigh-ins for UFC 281. Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pereira. Um... This is technically a rubber match, but this is the first time they fought in the UFC or MMA period. They've been kickboxing foes for a while with Alex getting the best of Israel Adesanya both times, but we'll get to that later. I want to break down the main card. I'm not going to do the entire card because it's early prelims and prelims, which are all exciting fights in my opinion. But in For time purposes and for the specificity and intricacies of the breakdowns, I'm going to keep it to the main card, which is all good fights. Um, This is a card with, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, six former champions or interim champions out of the ten fighters. So obviously you can tell this card is going to be a banger hopefully because we all know how those go um opening the card here is Dan Hooker versus Claudio Puyas. now Dan Hooker has been on kind of a losing streak lately you know it's not um hasn't been looking too good for him has not been bad but he's lost to Dustin and Michael Chandler, both on this fight card. Islam Makhachev, which is the current champion. And just recently Arnold Allen, who is a rising UFC prospect. As of right now, I think he's 10 and 0. So it's no shame in losing to him, but you never want to lose when your paycheck um, depends on you winning and losing. Now, Claudio, I honestly I can't really remember how he fights or or what his style is um I didn't do too much research on this one because I didn't think it was that big of a fight there's not much of implications right now especially with Dan hooker on the losing slide and Claudio Puus on a winning strike or a winning slide but he has fought lower-level competition. Looks like he's ready for Dan Hooker, but we'll see. Um, his last four fights, he beat Clay Guido by submission. Chris Grudenmacher by submission. Both knee bars. Jordan Levitt, UD. Marcos Mariano, UD. And F- Felipe Silva, same submission knee bar. But he lost his first fight in the UFC. Um, which doesn't really mean much, because if you win for the rest of the time, who will remember that one loss, right? Like I said, Dan Hooker is 4-1 and one in his last five. And his last win was versus Nasrat Hopcrest, but, um, or Hopcrest, sorry. But it looks like he was supposed to beat that guy. It's kind of a throwaway. Not saying that he's not a good fighter, but his last um, five fights... I don't even know who John McAdese is, but he beat him. We lost to Bobby Green, lost to Dan Hooker, beat Rafa Garcia, and beat Alex Munoz. But those are kind of of middle-of-the-road, lower-level guys. Not to say they're not good, but if I don't know this guy and he's not a hype train, then, you know... This is kind of Dan Hooker's fight to lose. Hopefully, he can come back from this losing slide. I really want to see Dan Hooker back in the win column against a quality uh, opponent, but we'll see how he looks when we walk out there. All right, so the next fight on the card, Frankie Edgar in the Swan Song, he has said that he is retiring after this fight. If you don't know, Frankie Edgar has been around in the UFC for a long time, um... I can't even remember, 2013, maybe 2010, something like that. But he's been fighting um, professional MMA since 2005. So you can, oh man, I'm looking at his record right now. Looks like UFC 67 was his debut. That is February 3rd, 2007. I was still in high school. I am now 32 years old. Um, If that says anything, he's been in the UFC for a long time. He's beat the likes of BJ Penn twice. Uh, Gray Maynard. He's fought Jose Aldo. Oh, he's beaten BJ Penn three times. He has a win over the current or the recent lightweight champion Charles Oliveira by a decision. That's I didn't know that. That's kind of cool. Beat Yair Rodriguez. Beat Cup Swanson. Pedro Munoz. But he has been on the losing slide from Corey Sandhagen and Marlon Vera. Um, where he got pretty, he got knocked out pretty bad, um, and he didn't look the same. He didn't look like the same Frankie Edgar that we all know and love. Um, and his opponent is Chris Gutierrez. Gutierrez has been on a good roll. I think he's won. It looks like. Uh, except for ultimate fighter finale. He's won every fight in the UFC except for one draw versus Cody Durden. Which I'd like to see more draws than wins and losses. Because some of these fights, man, they'd be real close. And you can't tell uh, who actually won. Unless, you know, like a specific rule set. And sometimes those vary state to state. So... One place might judge takedowns and ground-and-pound a different way than stand-up strikes and clinching, you know. And that's always a hard thing about MMA because you're like, you don't want the judges to come into play and you want to win. But sometimes it's your best bet to win by decision. Um, you know, Frankie Edgar's going to want to wrestle. I don't know too much about Chris Gutierrez. Um... Again, some of these guys are so new to me. I know I watch every card, but I don't pay attention to every fighter. Soon, all the fighters that I used to love are going to end up starting to retire. and Then I'm going to have to pay attention more to these other fighters. And I'll probably have some more time to look up more fighters. They say there's around six to 700 fighters on the UFC roster, so good luck to me. But um it's not looking good for frankie edgar i mean he's what is this two four six seven he's lost five out of the last seven and yeah rodriguez was in 2017 and pedro munoz was in 2020 those are his last two major major wins um cub swanson also an older fighter probably around the same time as Frankie Edgar getting into the UFC. So that was a toss-up. But Corey Sanhagen, Marlon Vera, Chang Sun-Jun, Max Holloway, Brian Ortega, Jose Aldo, those are all good fighters that he's lost to, and those are the cream of the crop. And as much as we love Frankie Edgar, um, he's getting to that point now where, like you said, he's, re- he's now said he's going to retire after this unless something crazy happens, which... You know, Frankie Edgar deserves a respect. He's beaten BJ Penn three times. Um, And not like the BJ Penn of old, like 2010 motivated BJ Penn. So it'd be good to see him. I hope he at least makes it to a decision and loses instead of getting knocked out like the past two times. I know everybody remembers the front kick from Cheeto. And then the flying knee from Corey Sanhagen that kind of boosted him to fight Peter Jan. So, we'll see. I'm cheering for Frankie, but it doesn't look too bright for him in this one. Then uh, we're on to the third fight here. This is the big fight. This is a people's fight. On this card, we got Iron Michael Chandler. Versus the diamond Dustin Poirier. Um, this fight can go either way. It is not necessarily a title eliminator for swords Because um, Islam is most likely going to fight um, Alex Volkanovsky. So there might be one more fight in between. But these are the two guys that are up there. Waiting in the wings to fight Charles, Olive- or Charles Oliveira, Islam Mahajif. Um, Everybody knows Michael Chandler is coming from Bellator. Uh, he just recently beat Tony Ferguson with a front kick, but he did lose to Justin Gaethje and Charles Oliveira. He, he got a title shot on UFC 262. He's beating Dan Hooker in his last fight in Bellator. He beat Benson Henderson, a former UFC Fighter and champion and Bellator champion, so he hasn't done so well in the UFC. Um, Dan Hooker at the time, kind of middle of the road, so it was a toss up, if to one. And Tony Ferguson, if you've seen him for the last few fights, he's kind of just been the shell of himself. But just engaging in Charles Oliveira are up to par, and he kind of got handled. Um, especially versus Justin Gagey. He could kind of do anything that he wanted to. And on the flip side, we got Dustin Poirier. Um, we all know he beat Connor twice. Connor's also been looking like a shell of himself. So I'm not going to put too much weight on these fights. He lost Charles Oliveira just like he lost to Habib by a rear naked choke. So he's susceptible, uh, susceptible to, to brazilian jiu-jitsu but michael chandler is not really a bjj guy he is a wrestler that's also a striker so we'll see how this turns out now dustin on paper has fought better competition more often with more wins but michael chandler is a dog (laughs) he is a dog he will get in your face He'll fight. He'll throw with the best of them. Dustin says that he is going to clean him up, which a little bit of me hopes he does so he can get back to his winning ways. He kind of looks a little defeated with losing to Habib and Charles. And, you know, even if he ends up beating Michael Chandler and that he's next in line to fight Islam for the title, I do not see a path for him to win Unless he somehow becomes better at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu overnight. Because I think he's already a black belt. Michael Chandler, on the other hand, there's not much of a path to victory other than outlasting Dustin. Getting in his face, probably putting some pressure on him. And then trying to force a takedown and ground and pound. Um, obviously, if we if you're not a super fan of the UFC... Uh, Michael Chandler's I think five six or no five eight he's five oh, <laughs> I'm being disrespectful but overall he's on the shorter side. Dustin Poirier says he's listed at five nine but he's I think he's taller than Connor and Connor's listed at five nine so he might be five ten or something. But Michael Chandler's built like a wrestler and Dustin Poirier has long arms and he is a primarily a boxer so. We'll see who can implement their game plan the best. I think that's how this fight is going to go. He's not. Neither of these fighters are really known for flair or flashiness. They're kind of both hardworking, getting your face gritted out type fighters. So it'll be fun to watch. I'm excited to watch this fight. Um, again, I don't think either of them beats Islam or. Um, Alex Wolkonoski, if he somehow pulls it out to win against him. So we'll see how that one goes. All right, co-main event. We have the women's strawweight title up for grabs. Um, Carla Esparza, the Cookie Monster versus Weili Zhang, Magnum. All right, so... If you are a big UFC fan, you know that uh, Carla Esparza was the first ever champion in this division. She beat Rose Yunus in the Ultimate Fighter, and then she immediately lost to Joanna. and Joanna did her thing for about 10 years, it felt like. But slowly but surely, she has built her way back up. And she ended up beating Rose Namajunas again to win the title back. Um. Carla Esparza is kind of a wrestler. In the UFC, she has decent striking. But she poses a big takedown threat. On the other hand, (laughs) Whaley, she is a firecracker. Um. She's not afraid of anything. She's younger than uh, Carla Spazza, I think. Yep, by two years. But she has so much energy in your face. She beat on She's beat Jessica Andrade. She lost to Rose I Naminas mean, twice. Um, mostly because of length and keeping on the outside. She did get um kick ko the first time, which seemed like a fluke, right? She just mistimed it and then got caught. The second one was real close. Um, Rose was able to take her down and control her. But Rose had that um, aura of mystique around her during that time. And then after she lost to Carlos, um, spouse, she looked kind of defeated. right? And then she ends up beating Yuan and Jacek again. I'm talking about Wayley Jane here. She beat Ioana again. And Yoana kind of retired after getting knocked out. Which you know you never really want to see someone go out like that. So hopefully I can get one more in on a win. And then maybe call it a career. But <sighs> I'm sorry, but I don't see a way that Carlos Sparza beats Wei Li Zhang, you know, she can prove me wrong. If she takes down Wei Li, keeps her there, and somehow manages to figure out that game, she uh, she could have an easy path to victory. Wei Li Zhang is obviously success- susceptible again, that we're susceptible <laughs> to being taken down and kept down. If she can play her cards right now, if she tries to do this in the first round, I I think that's going to fail. But later on in the fight, um, could be a possibility. Uh, But Whaley possesses dynamite in her hand, so Color of has to be on her P's and Q's. Watching out for these strikes, man, because Whaley, man, when she destroyed Jessica Andrade, I was so confused as to why the Mike Tyson of the division, which I called Jessica Andrade after I saw her KO Carolina <laughs> Kovaciewicz in, in Dallas. It was ridiculous. I'd never seen someone that small produce that much power. Um, After I saw that, I did not think she could ever get beat. Like that, and Whaley showed her what's up. But again, this is also could be a potential good fight. I don't see a way that Carlos Sparza wins. I hope she proves me wrong and makes it a dog fight. But I got wayley for this one, and then we got the main event. So I spent a good bit of time today watching their previous fights, and this is Israel asanya versus Alex Pereira. I, I um, look back to see if I could see anything that would prove the wins were flukes. Now, I can't, I'm not going to say either one is better than the other, right? I can't say Israel Adesanya is a better fighter than Alex Pereira because he lost twice, right? And just off that principle alone, um, you can't just say that Israel Sanya, even though he has very good MMA skills, is a better fighter than Asperger. Now, as a MMA fan, obviously a lot of things go into an MMA fight and two kickboxing matches don't really shine or prove a whole lot in this category. But I did watch both fights. Um... Alex won the first one by decision, and then the second one by KO. Um, But it was a little bit confusing. And let me explain. So I don't know the judging criteria for kickboxing. I can admit that I just kind of watched it and saw what happened. And it looked like... Alex could have been a little bit more aggressive than Israel Adesanya in the first fight. It really didn't look like he beat him. But when they read the scorecards 29-28 unanimous decision Alex Pajeda. And I was really confused because it didn't look like he did too much damage. But he kind of was just in his face. And he he just won. So when I watched the second fight, Israel Adesanya was way more aggressive, which I'm assuming that has to be what happened the first time where he got the um, unanimous, unanimous decision. Only Israel Adesanya got a little bit too aggressive and got caught by a left hand, which Alex has the dynamite. Now, Israel Adesanya, in my opinion won every single round that they fought. Even though he lost the first fight by unanimous decision, I don't know the rules. I just go off of what I thought looked like a win for Israel. But obviously it didn't work like that. In the second fight, he was way more aggressive, getting to him a lot more. Alex did not like that, but he got on the pressure against Israel and got him to lower his left hand a little bit, and got a counter left hook in, and just flat lined him. <laughs> flat lined him and taunted a little bit, and his and Alex's kids got in there and and started pl- messing around. But Alex ended up winning that second one. So now turning into the UFC, we all know what Israel Sanya has done up to this point. He's kind of looked untouched for a while, but. Alex Pajeta has kind of not done much. He's won in brutal fashion. It looks like he's only had one decision in his MMA career, and the rest were finishes. So, especially with Sean Strickland, if you didn't see that, he kind of erased him. And Sean Strickland was supposed to be that guy, that crazy guy that could stand up with Alex Pajeta, but he did not last very long at all and that was also on the same card as Asanya versus Cannoneer, which Alex Pereira said he was super boring and he's going to have to do more than that to win so in my opinion my heart says Israel Adesanya but I kind of want to see Alex Pereira win especially if he wins in the same fashion right <laughs> Because Israel Asani is not a takedown artist. He has gotten better and better and better at um, takedown defense, which is what you need in the UFC. But if you're fighting a kickboxer, especially a kickboxer like Alex, he ain't trying to take you down, man. He's going to try to stand and trade. They're both 6'4", they're both 185. Obviously, Alex is a little bigger, as in build, not in weight, because they weigh the same. When you look at them face-to-face, Alex is a little bit bigger of a person. Even though he's from Brazil, he is not a Brazilian jiu-jitsu specialist. And that's what made this fight real exciting. I cannot wait to see how this turns out. I'm going to stop it right there. That's going to be my breakdown of the fights. And I'm going to make some picks. uh, Starting with the Dan Hooker, Claudio Pueyes. I think Claudio wins. You know, Dan Hooker has been on the losing side, like I said. And he hasn't been looking very well uh, the last few fights. So I'm going Claudio. Frankie Edgar, Chris Gutierrez. I'm going Gutierrez. Uh, I'm going Gutierrez by decision, though. I hope Frankie can last the whole fight and, you know, go out on his shield a little bit rather than getting KO'd again. It would be sad to see. Uh, good luck to Frankie's future after the UFC. Hope he's all well. I know he's he helps his son or he, he wrestles still and... I hope he can con- continue to do that after his career is over. Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler. I got Dustin Poirier. Uh, I don't think he knocks him out, but I think he does enough for a decision win because he's just going to box him on the outside. And if Michael Chandler tries to shoot, I think he's going to try to try to take care of that quickly. Uh, Michael Chandler is not really Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy, so we'll see how that turns out. But I got Dustin uh, way Lee, Li, obviously, like I said earlier, I don't see a way Carla wins. And going to go Alex Pajeda, my off-the-wall pick. So tune in on Saturday. I'm recording this on 1110, but I just want to say happy Veterans Day to all the vets out there. My dad is a 20-year vet. Of the United States Army. And I'm from Killeen. So I have a bunch of friends that are military veterans as well. Uh, I don't care how you feel about war. And the government. And the military. These guys are out there. Doing their job. Being soldiers. And keeping us safe. Whether you agree or not. And at that basis. We can give them some respect. At least on these days. Where they need them the most. Hope y'all have a a good Friday. I'm going to update some of this via Twitter. Uh, If someone has a bad weight cut or something, I'll be reporting on that. And then hopefully I'll have another podcast coming out tomorrow night with one of my good friends. And then my after show. Hoping to get Jalen on so we can break this down and have some fun. So until until then, you guys, Uncle Phil is out out. It's going to be raining tomorrow. I got a lot of stuff to do in the garden. Man, it's going to be annoying, but can't wait for the fights. Peace.